This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. I'm Chris Bentliff. I'm here with Nelson Tepfer and Holly Farday from Pro CFO Partners. And today we're talking about the key questions or the things that we should be thinking about as we set goals inside of a company. How are many companies setting the wrong or the unrealistic or the inappropriate goal? What are some things that you think or some guidance that you can give us that help us to sort of the three check boxes or the things we should really be itemizing to think, is this the goal that you should be setting? How do I set a goal in my company? Let, let's park COVID for now. And let, let's talk about how goals were set before. Hmm. You know, uh, I have goals that were set before that's just the founder and the CEO had a number in mind, $10 million, right? So they would set a goal, $10 million, I'm going to work backwards, I'm going to divide it by five, I'm going to grow by 200%, and I'm going to hit that number. I see that a lot. I see that a lot. Reverse engineering a number, okay? Yes, reverse engineering a number, and not even the how, the how is left for the team, but that's his number, and they're her number, and they're going to get to it, right? The other way is they take last year's numbers and they say to the salespeople, 25% growth to operations and their real budget, 10% growth, 15% growth. Again, not looking at the market conditions, staffing changes, you know, competitors, anything like that. We're just going to grow by 10%, 10-15%. Those are the two old ways of doing it, right? All bets are off. First of all, they were not the right ways to do it anyway. Right, maybe a framework, uh, but now with COVID, those numbers are just that just doesn't work. Why is it the wrong way to do it? Why is that so? Some some arguments are well, we got to create a stretch goal. Yeah, it shouldn't be easy. It's a goal. If it was a goal, we would we would we wouldn't be making it a goal. So everybody's got to work hard. You got to pull up your boots. You got to get going. Why are those sort of arbitrary goals ineffective? They're arbitrary. Now I'm not saying it's wrong to say I have a ten million dollar number in mind. But what we have found is that number is so arbitrary that the minute they hit it, they want it to be 20. They want it to be 30. It's just something to shoot for, right? And 10% of last year is definitely wrong because if you're talking about a stretch goal, you could really be shooting low. If you have momentum, if you have a strong sales pipeline, if you have a couple, hired a couple of salespeople that are just dynamite to say, I just want to go 10% over last year, is really hurting yourself because you're not looking at all the factors involved and what you can achieve or should reach for the following year. So Nelson, what should I be thinking about when I'm thinking about a goal? If I don't want to just throw a number at a dartboard or throw a dart at a number on a, on a dartboard, what, what are the sort of qualifications or criteria that you think make up a, a goal that I should really be seriously considering? Some of it comes from taking a step back instead of just saying where you are in this business and therefore this is where you should be. It's perhaps looking more at what your objectives are. You as a business owner, you as a CEO, you as a father, you as a mother, you as, what is your actual objective? Some of it comes down to then stepping back to say, okay, if this is what your actual objective is, and we have these questions and conversations with our clients very often. And it's always interesting how the conversations usually end up more either number-based at best, very often they're just concept-based. Mm. What's, your, what's your objective? We want to grow. We want to make more money. We want greater brand awareness. It's a very, very typical responses of what we see. From our perspective, and this is where we need to reshape and step, in, and step into the conversation is, how do we make those objectives a measurable target? 
so Nelson, as you're starting to ask some of those kind of inquisitive questions, where do you want to be? And some of these are stationed outside of the business as a, as a human being, as a parent, as a business owner and things like that. Do you find then that the, the more specific, do we try to get to a more specific answer, a more granular specific way of thinking about those things to help us shape that number goal, something that is less conceptual and more practical? We find that to be a very useful exercise, yes. Um, and it doesn't need to be one. It can be obviously different objectives. They can, absolutely can be competing objectives. So when it comes to actually implementing them, you get into a different conversation. But it starts with identifying what your objectives are. So for instance, we had one company we were working with, so it was probably about 15 million in revenue. And we asked them, what is, it, what is their goal? What is their objective? They want to grow. And it's like, okay, great, that sounds good. And then they start getting into throwing numbers out randomly, which is where Holly was mentioning. Mm -hmm. It's just random, you know, random throwing out numbers. So when we sat down and figured out what does growth mean, we actually were able to work to a target to say, we want to add 5 million in top line revenue within three years. There you go. That's a very specific objective with a very specific measurable target. It's not just, oh, sure, we did this last year, let's do this next year type of goals and objective setting. And now we can reverse engineer the numbers. Now we can start to work backwards from the goal into something specific. And that's actually what we stepped into doing. You know, my next question was, okay, great. Do we have the operational throughput to handle it? If you do, do you have the sales staff to even bring that in? But that led into the strategy part of the conversation is how do we actually implement those goals and objectives? Hmm. And I have another example, sitting and working with a company, they're doing $25 million, a little stagnant on the revenue, 12 years in business, tired, and, and they're doing the 10% growth. And the founder and the CEO, this is an interior design company, is just tired. And he's achieved the goals, bought the houses. And after a few months of doing, getting there, I started in April. So now it's time for goals. And we just couldn't get it, right? It was just done, tired. And I had, a, at that time, a paperweight on my desk that said, what would you attempt if you knew you would not fail? And, and what happened is he said, you know what? I wanted to be a rock star. So he's in interior design. And he's a rock star in the city that, in Newport Beach, in the city that we were at. And we realized, oh, is that really what you want? Yes. So we made him a rock star. Licensing deals, books. His <laughs> banners were movie-sized banners in all the design centers. He was a rock star in, in his area. And we were able to open up another revenue stream and get into licensing and really expanded, blow it out of interior design and furniture manufacturing. That's fascinating. So you shifted, not only did you kind of shift business model, but in listening to his kind of subtext, you found ways to amplify that. Okay, well, if you want to be a rock star, let's, let's see what that would look like from your business perspective. Again, these are not things I would expect my financial operator operations to help me start to, uh, to envision. But what, what I hear you saying is when we understand your goal, we can start to open up the methods or the avenues that are going to be required for us to reach it, even if those are unexpected. It's still the business plan. He was still mm -hmm. an interior designer manufacturing furniture. Right. But he now had also licensing deals with lighting and uh, with uh, pictures and with rug. Cool. And he also had a it was it's still financial. It was just another revenue stream. It's still tied to numbers. Yeah. Set a goal for it. Right. It was incremental revenue increase off from another channel. Those are all financial lines. Perhaps also more importantly, it's you can't set up your financial operations correctly until you know what it's supposed to be supporting 
I mean, obviously there's a lot of day-to-day that needs to happen, but if you're talking about changing the way or the how or what the company is doing it, you need to set up, make sure your financial operations are set up to support that, which is why we very often will start one of our earlier conversations is with this area is because what are we actually trying to get to? Hmm. Then we can go into, okay, what ha- what needs to happen in the rest of the company to support that? Do you have advice about or insights or guidance? Should I have one goal and everybody get going, let's all get to this goal. Should I have four goals? Should every business unit have three goals? How, how should I be shaping my vision so that I'm focused, but also not leaving out opportunities? I find that conversation very often is business owner dependent. I mean, there are some things obviously which are better to do than others to have different things, but there are some business owners who, if you ask them what their goals and objectives are, will literally list off 15 different things. Hmm. And there are some who will tell you one. And one and only one. And because for them, everything else is encapsulated in that one. For instance, a business owner who's now nearing retirement, figuring out what to do with the business, what's his goal? He has a boat on his wall. I want to be on a boat. That's his goal. Now, what does that actually mean for the rest of the company? Sure, we need to get it to a certain size. We need to plan the exit. We need to do everything like that. But for him, that every all that is encapsulated in one word. I want to be on a boat. May I share, may I share with you um, the screen? Hey everybody, Chris here, interrupting quickly to explain that Halle has started sharing her screen and on it is the FGC Goals and Strategies Flywheel, which is a kind of framework that ProCFO Partners uses to help articulate visually the relationship that different financial functions have with each other. So in our conversation today, we've been talking a lot about the objective or the purpose of setting goals. And on this flywheel, you can see those in relationship where objective is near purpose and kind of it's meant to uh, articulate that it's driving purpose and after purpose is measurable targets and after that is innovation and then strategic map and so the idea is there's almost a sequence that once you've identified your objective or your purpose then you're ready to move on to measurable targets create the innovations necessary to hit those targets draw a strategic map to help you work backwards etc You can learn a lot more about this if you find the video for this podcast at YouTube. Just search for ProCFO Partners or head over to ProCFOPartners.com and you can see this flywheel laid out visually and it will make more sense as you listen to the podcast. All right, back to the show. So as you can see in the goals and strategies flywheel, when we're talking about goals and strategies in depth with our uh, clients, we're looking at the opportunity. Purpose is it needs to be aligned to the founder's personal purpose. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything, right? A legacy business, grow people, um, pay as many people or create as many jobs as possible. Somewhere along the line, it is not sustainable if it's not aligned with their personal purpose. Okay, and that's, that's proven in academia. Risk we're talking about, right? Risk we're talking about. If you're not familiar with your marketplace, if something external happens, if so those are all part of the goals and strategies flywheel as we're working with our clients. When you move from that purpose to measurable targets, tell me more about that. I mean, it's it, uh, we see objective and purpose looking at it as it's not quite the same thing, obviously, but it's coming up with what are we actually striving towards and, and what's driving you towards it is where I look at the objective and the purpose side. The measurable targets is how do we take that and make it something that you can actually measure, measurably achieve. So this goes back to example of objective and purpose. Sure. We'll go back to the guy on the boat. He wants to be on the boat. 
that that's his both at this point as well you know at this point he wants to exit the business he's had enough of this one over here so it comes down to what is he actually what is he trying to do now both from from both of these perspectives what is his purpose right now he's tired he's ready he wants to be done with the business for the most part but at the same time his objective is he wants to get this up to a certain valuation so he can plan on what an exit means whether that's succession or actual sale he's looking at both so when it comes to translating that to something measurable, it's okay, great. Do we have this achieving these numbers so this looks the cleanest for whatever we're planning on doing with it? That becomes a measurable part of achieving that objective and actually getting to that purpose. For valuation purposes, you may need a top line number and you may need an EBITDA, right? But for succession, you may need that bigger EBIT even though the volume, the revenue is lower because he wants the cash out right so that's how the targets come into place we set targets and we work on it and it goes back to our previous conversation if we have an objective and we have a purpose and we have a goal how do we manage it if we're not measuring it create the next is brought to you by pro cfo partners who believe every business deserves to work with an expert cfo to guide its success pro cfo partners are expert financial officers networked across industries verticals specializations and situations Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Most companies are, in my experience, stuck in objective and purpose and then they throw a number either that or they just throw a number, throw a number. <laughs> great we want to do another 10 percent this year we want to grow we had seven million last year we want to be eight million this year okay I mean, that's a nice number so, you know where is that coming from why i mean that that doesn't necessarily go into there but it some of it comes okay this is achievable and this is our growth target and this is how we want to get there but the, the they then they miss the next step of actually okay what is your plan to actually doing it worked with one company they literally want to double this year and i said okay i understand that first of all we'll get into the how and why what's he trying to build we got all through that wonderful how would we actually double what does that look like if it means to double this do you have the people to handle it do you have the marketplace to go to do after it? Do you have the customer segments that you can actually still sell more of this do you have the offerings that actually sell to the customers and once we actually came up with this, we said, great, we're going to extend this offering to this type. You know, instead of offering A, B, we're now going to offer A, B, C, and D. Instead of customer X, Y, and Z, we're also going to do, you know, T, U, V, W as well. And this is how we're going to do it in this geographic area. And this is what we're going to actually go ahead and do. And even during COVID, I don't think they're going to quite double, but they're probably going to grow by 60 to 70%. And then did you go to the organization and say, okay, team, here's what it looks like. Here's how that's, we're that's exactly right. Because then you have to bring them into the conversation. Okay, this is what we're striving to. Or so great. You three people who are responsible for this, this is what we need to do. Or how do you think we can actually do this? Have fine. them get involved in the conversation as to actually doing it. Because the only way this works is if you execute. Setting targets is nice, but it's a little bit like throwing darts in the wall unless you can actually do it. This is the organizational execution that you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, and if you don't enroll them, it's very interesting. If, they, if they're not engaged and you don't enroll them and you give them a number, a numeric target, the answer is I'll do the best I can. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or pushback. Well, that's yeah, sure. which water cooler pushback, which where did that number come from? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so we had, I literally had a conversation yesterday with a client where I was sitting with the manager, well, one of the managers of the company, and he's complaining about this person where we're obviously having conversations, letting go, not letting go what we want the organization to look like moving forward and all the fun stuff like that. And I told him, great. You know, if this is why you want to do it, go bring me a six month plan. Who are you going to onboard? How are you going to train them? What their responsibilities be? All the different people you're going to be doing it because this is what we want to get to. We want to, you know, if we're outlining the goal as we want to triple within this period of time, which again is a very aggressive goal, but this is the target we were trying to say is, okay, they're at this point right now. They're going to triple within five years in all likelihood. They're a very, very high growth industry, very, very high growth company and have tremendous opportunity and runway in this space. So I said, okay, in order to do that, and you're saying this is an issue you're having, come back with a plan. How are you going to do it? There's another thing too, Chris. Sometimes they've done a million and a half dollars. They don't know how. They don't know the components. So when you say do another 1.7 million or do, I mean, do another 20%, that number seems so big. When they say, see that they already did it by selling this much of this, this much of this, this much of that, and how many numbers it was and how much they did, suddenly it becomes executable. And that's where you go to organizational execution. So all you have to do is sell two more of each of these and you'll hit your number. And you already have this much in your pipeline, right? Then it's then that water cooler talk doesn't go away. Then that water, then they're accountable, and that water cooler talk. And by the way, they help build those numbers. Where do you think your numbers came from? And you have that dialogue with them, and you say, "Did you know that?" And they're seeing financial information, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's how we did it." And so they start thinking, "How could we sell two more of each item? How could we find three more distributors?" How could we, when they see the information, that pushback goes away because now they have a roadmap. Hmm. And if they're part of developing it, then they're completely enrolled and engaged. So I can go back to the interior designer who was quite a dynamic guy and was already recognized in the industry. We couldn't just randomly make him a rock star, right? But how we communicated that was the team got involved in supporting the licensing and the choices of the vendors to work with and knowing that we would have a broader impact and knowing that we would be better known and our advertising would be. So it was still his personal goal, but it was aligned to the business goal, right? And to answer your question, of course, there were multiple goals there. It was licensing deals. It was over four channels, right? It was how many people we would make compensation plans around that because we wanted to support a certain one of the channels more than the other because the margins were better. So of course, within that goal of licensing, we had a number around flooring, right? Hmm. So it was two different goals. Let's have a licensing goal. Let's have 50% of it come from X channel. Nelson, Halle, thanks so much for sharing some time with us today talking about goals and strategies. We can start to have a broader vision of what some of these goals can be so that everybody can be moving in the right direction. Thanks so much for your, uh, for your expertise today. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.